0: So JR, both houses of the GOP-controlled legislature passed a middle-class tax cut last week. It includes using a surplus to pay for the cut, while Democratic Governor Tony Evers wants to virtually eliminate a manufacturing tax credit to pay for it. Now the bill is in Now the ball is in Evers' court. There's been talk that he'll likely veto the Republican plan and then unveil his plan in his budget proposal later this month. What do you think the governor will do, and if he vetoes the bill, will there be fallout?
1: What he's talking about is Republicans want to use projected surplus into this fiscal year to cover the cost of this biennium. However, that money would not be there going forward, so he says that's irresponsible. He wants to cap that manufacturer's credit, because then he says it generates revenue that pay for the, the tax cut in future years. Because if that money is gone, under the Republican version, in Tony's, uh, Tony Evers' mind, Then it means there's less money to pay for schools, to pay for Medicaid, for state operations, and so he thinks that's an issue. What's interesting is Republicans passed the bill and they took the step of sending it to Evers to force a window of about seven days from the act. He could have, if they hadn't done that, they would have had until April 25th the bill would come to his desk. Then that window would start about seven days to either sign it, veto it, or allow it to come along without a signature. By moving it up, the belief is, Republicans are trying to force Evers' hand and make him keep talking about tax cuts ahead of his budget, which will be out February 28th. And they also, Republicans, think that this puts Evers on the defensive. They like the fact that we're having a discussion not just about whether to cut taxes, but how to cut taxes. They think that's on their turf.
0: In another development, Governor Evers says a task force he created to come up with funding solutions for Wisconsin roads is likely to propose a gas tax increase. Evers says he wants to include recommendations from the task force in his budget. So if that's the case, it sounds likely that a gas tax increase will be included in the budget. How do you think the Joint Finance Committee and legislature
1: will respond? The top leaders, Assembly Speaker Robin Voss and Senator Leader Scott Fitzgerald, been talking about tolling lately. So they're looking at that as a route. They're talking about the gas yes tax being perhaps not the most reliable source of revenue going forward with cars getting more fuel efficient. So I'm not sure how that's going to be received. Again, can they reach a compromise? People I talk to have some doubts because they're not sure that Republicans or legislature have a real appetite to raise a tax period and see it if going along with Evers is something they're not quite sure that they'll be willing to do. So is there an alternative? Is tolling a feasible alternative? To raise revenue. Will Republicans go along with a gas tax hike? I'm not sure they're there right now, but we'll see.
0: Also last week, both houses of the legislature approved a resolution recognizing Black History Month, but only after GOP lawmakers demanded the legislature's Black Caucus, comprised of Democrats, that they remove former NFL quarterback Colin Kaepernick's name from the list of people to be recognized. Kaepernick, a Milwaukee native, started the tradition of taking a knee during the national anthem at NFL games instead of standing in order to protest racial injustices in America. Democrats blasted Republicans after the bill was passed without Kaepernick's name, and the story made national news. Do you think there will be political fallout for Republicans in the legislature over this?
1: There is another sign of how the Capitol, we've had a recurring theme of Both sides wanting to do something, they can't agree on how to do it. This is another example. This one seemed a little more personal, though, to some people I talked to, that there was obviously a divide between Republicans and Democrats over this. And reality is there's some real base politics going on here. If you're a Republican, NFL players kneeling in the anthem is not a very popular thing back home. So when you're talking about honoring something like Colin Kaepernick, that's a little bit of an issue. Plus, too, it reminds voters that... Democrats want to honor folks such as Kaepernick who are taking those kinds of stands. For Democrats, you know, you can look at voters of color and say, look, here you have these white Republicans often from rural Wisconsin trying to tell you who you should honor when it comes to Black History Month. There's an issue there as well. So for both of them, there's some base politics going on here. But it's another example, the big picture of how they just are on different pages in the Capitol, two parties, and they're having a hard time figuring out how to work together on Certain things.
0: And finally, there was another controversy last week surrounding conservative Supreme Court candidate Brian Hagedorn. A liberal group exposed Hagedorn's involvement with a private school in Waukesha that forbids anybody working there from being in a gay relationship and could expel students who are gay. Hagedorn is running against Appeals Court Chief Judge Lisa Neubauer in the April 2nd election. She's backed by Democrats. Hagedorn helped create the school and serves on its board. His campaign says questions about his association with the school amount to a smear to attack his faith, and he promised that he would treat everybody fairly under the law if he is elected. So it looks like this is getting ugly and is shaping up to be a hard-fought race. What can we expect between now and April
1: 2nd? Well, with this issue in particular, it's a question of whether it it becomes a bigger deal in terms of does it end up in TV or radio or in mail pieces? You know how is this issue handled by opponents of Hagedorn? How does he answer it? Is there a need to in paid media? You know usually the issues in the Supreme Court races are different. You know experience, um, endorsements, things like that. But oftentimes these races in April or you know spring elections are a base-on-base base election. Who whose base is more motivated? And to Democrats, this is something that helps motivate their base. Now to conservatives they see this as also something they can help with some of their base, you know, their conservatives who are aligned with Hagedorn and things like this. The question is, you know, is there be more that's going to come out in, in terms of these kinds of things? You remember there were some blog posts he wrote in college as well that people have looked at and raised concerns about. So is there more and, and does it at some point become an issue that, as Dems have tried to put it so far, disqualifying for them? The other thing really to watch is conservative groups, and how they react. Um, last year's Supreme Court race, you didn't really see conservative independent groups get behind Michael Scranick The conservative candidate ran against then-Milwaukee County Judge Rebecca Dallet and now Justice Rebecca Dallet, who won that race by dozen points. But now they kind of need to win this seat, conservatives do, if they want to have a buffer for next year when conservative Justice Daniel Kelly is up and he faces a very difficult environment, most likely because you'll have a contested primary for president on the Democratic side on that April ballot, but most likely not on the Republican side. So they almost need to win this. Now for liberals, it's the other side, if they win this seat, they maintain this liberal seat that's you know being vacated by Justice Shirley Abramson, then next year they can win back control of the court for the first time in years. It's right now a 4-3 conservative majority. So if you're a liberal, you hold this seat this year with Newbauer. then next year you have the shot to flip the court. That's, that's a big deal, it'll be a big race. So these conservative groups, will they still get behind Hagedorn? Will these kinds of blog posts and, and his association with the school, will they give them any pause? Or can they afford to sit out this race because of what's at stake with the control of the court next year? and well, What that can mean for all kinds of issues with a liberal majority versus a conservative one we've had for, oh geez, I don't know how many years now, a dozen, 11, something like that.
0: That's com editor J.R. Ross. You can join us each week for our conversations. And if you haven't done so already, subscribe to Capital Notes on iTunes, NPR One, or wherever you get your podcasts.